The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Uh, my esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, will not be here, but I'll share some of the information that Kathy normally would. You know, in between Kathy and I, we are your leadership development coaches. We have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And we always have people that we uh, admire and that inspire us that we're able to get to interview. And so today we have Delia Horowitz, who's a leadership coach and, and author. And actually I've known Delia for quite a long time, and, and I'm really excited about um, having her share some of her expertise around collaboration. She has a book called Collaboration Soup that we'll walk through and give you some tips and tools you know, that you can use. So let me tell you a little bit about Delia. She's a entrepreneur, a collaboration specialist, a leadership coach, and a professional facilitator. In addition to founding and owning several businesses, she has an extensive experience in helping good people to do great things. Together, strategic planning with nonprofit board of directors. She also does team building with small and large corporations, goal setting with city councils, corporate culture work with Fortune 500 senior uh, leadership teams, and visioning with community stakeholders. So she's got a wealth of knowledge that we'll pick her brain about. She's also taught collaboration in Moscow and she has a workbook called Achieving Agreement Workbook, which is used as a curriculum in the Russian school. So we'll ask her a little bit about that. That's pretty fascinating. The focus of, of uh, this will be her book with Paulia Vignot, which is, or Vignault, which is Collaboration Soup. It's a six-step uh, recipe for co-creating, co-creative meetings and other conversations. She uh, also is a co-founder and has served for three years as the executive director for Leadership Center of Barber County, where I uh, met her about 20-plus years ago, and just really excited to to have Delia on the show. So, Delia, welcome. Thank you, Riley. Yeah, I'm glad that you're you're a part of this. I'm going to go through sharing a little bit of information that we typically would do, and then we'll we'll get more into you know hearing about your book and hearing about how it came about, and then really getting into the uh, six steps. Does that sound good? Absolutely. All right, good. So let me go along a little bit with my uh, intro. You know, uh, my co-host who's not here, Dr. Kathy Greenberg. Let me say a word about Kathy. Um, Kathy has helped. Uh, millions in, in the books that she has written, and she has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know. She has a number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She touches millions of lives as a speaker, TV, radio, media personality. She also has her own uh, consultancy called H2C 
leadership stands for healthy, uh, happy companies, healthy people. And she also offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at ABC's The Morning Blend. And she has a new uh, web TV show, Your Happiness Now. She also has an uh, iPhone app uh, called Your Happiness Now that you should get a hold of if you have not. And my background is I'm a psychologist and a master certified coach. I've been doing this for a long, long time. And Kathy and I share a website, which is www.excelinstitute.com. And then my, uh, my website is, is www.truenorthleadership.com. So there's a lot of information on both uh, websites about some of our upcoming events. We're going to do a, a program where we um, do the EQI, Emotional Quotient Inventory, where we have an opportunity for people to actually take it. You find out what your EQ score is and also have another program coming up if you want to get certified in the EQI. So a couple words about why Leadership Development News, why this is important, which will tie into what uh, Dale is going to speak about. So you know there's uh, a gap now. About 40% of organizations say they're experiencing a significant gap of not having enough skilled or trained leaders. And part of that reason is you have the baby boomers who are retiring, you know, basically about 10,000 a day are moving out of the workforce. And the ones that are moving into the workforce, Gen X, Gen Y, um, one, Gen Y, there's less of them. There is a bigger uh, group of, uh, or I guess Gen X, there's less. But Gen Y, there's a bigger group coming up, the millennials. And aside from losing so many jobs in the Great Recession, the retiring of the baby boomers, the Gen X, Gen Y, just because of technology, have been documented to have a little less of emotional intelligence. And just because instead of being in front of a person, they're usually in front of a screen, be it a you know, TV screen, uh, computer screen, or more often than not now our, our phone screens. So there is this brain drain where we're not only losing uh, brains, but we're losing brains that have a fair amount of uh, you know, balance between the intellect and emotional intelligence. A lot of uh, that Dilly is going to be talking about is how do you use some of your emotional intelligence skills to move forward, you know, and especially around groups, which I think is really challenging. So I'm excited to get Dilly's idea on this. Typically, I would say to groups that the more people you get in the group, unless it's really facilitated well, there is less uh, IQ points available for folks. And Delia, I'll get your, your uh, opinion on this, that nobody wants to hear that they have less IQ points operating. And I think when you put a, people together in a group, all of a sudden, instead of having the synergy and the collaboration, which you're going to talk about, you can also have a decrease of the IQ and the, and the team uh, basically gets dumber if it's not really facilitated well. So that's a lot of what you're going to talk about. The simple definition for emotional intelligence is understanding yourself and managing yourself, understanding others and managing others. So instead of going more into any of the, the research, which we uh, often do, Delia, let me welcome you to the show, and maybe we'll get your response to some of the the questions and things that I was just saying. So what, what Kathy and I typically do, we... Uh, like to know who's been some of your leadership influences, you know, people who have maybe shaped how you are today. What a great question. And as I think about that, I think 
some of those influences were environmental or distant kind of influences, and some were more specific people. And I think when I was growing up, the television shows that I was exposed to and the family dynamics that I was exposed to didn't lead me to feel very good about working in groups. But when I was in college, I did an internship. I was a psychology major, and I did an internship with a therapist. And I didn't like the one-on-one therapy, but I watched how she worked within a group, and I saw how you could actually get that synergy that you were talking about and how together this group created almost a third entity. And I was fascinated by that. So I think she was one of my early mentors and early inspiration that I thought, I want I want to find out about this group stuff. How did she do that? How did she get these people to open up and talk about this tough stuff? So I think that was a big influence. And then the other big influence in terms of my work with collaboration is one of my early consulting jobs was with a company called Sen Delaney. And it was a privately held company, and we often worked in teams facilitating senior leadership groups around the country and basically high-tech firms, and we were facilitating corporate culture work and getting them to look at how they shaped a culture in their organization. And we never worked alone. We always worked in teams. And what was fascinating and what inspired me about leadership is the way the people that ran the company worked it was they wanted you to be different. They didn't want you to fit a cookie cutter. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, you had to teach particular concepts, but they wanted you to tell your personal stories and explain it your way and put your own spin on it. And I think that planted a big seed in me about understanding that our contribution is not molding ourselves into an existing expectation. Our real contribution in these times of challenge is to contribute what is uniquely ours. And that's, of course, the metaphor of the stone soup. Fairy tale is what we use in our book to describe how people can come together, offer what they have, and end up creating more than what they had individually. And those were two of my big models. Well, that's good, especially you know hearing about the the uh, internship you did and, and and seeing the group process. You know, I did see in your book, and I uh, I don't recall it right off. Maybe you can tell us what the the uh, story is about the stone. Was it stone soup? Yes, it's actually a Grimm's fairy tale in our culture, and yet it shows up in various versions as axe culture, axe soup, or iron soup. Uh, There's even a restaurant in Portugal that's the stone soup restaurant, and when they serve soup, they put a little stone Hmm. in it. So in the Grimm's fairy tale version, a stranger comes to a village where there's a famine, and of course tradition is you always feed strangers, but they say, go away, stranger, we don't have enough food for ourselves, we can't feed you, move along, move along. And he says, no, 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 no problem, you don't need to feed me, I'm going to make stone soup, and there's going to be enough for everyone. So they're wondering, what is he talking about? So he puts a pot of water to boil in the village square. He pulls a little stone out of his pocket, pops it in the boiling water. And then he says very loudly, oh, yum, stone soup, it's going to be great. (laughs) And people are peeking out their windows wondering, is he crazy or what? And then he says, oh, it would just be so much more delicious if we had a little bit of carrot or piece of celery or maybe an old ham bone. And pretty soon people walk out and one person says, well, I have an end of a carrot. Well, I have, you know, a sprig of parsley. Well, I have a two-day-old ham bone. Before you know it, people come out of hiding 
and they contribute what little they have. And, in fact, they end up with a nourishing soup that does feed the whole village. They sing and dance all night, and really, they never go hungry again because they've learned that instead of hoarding and withholding, if they contribute, they actually get nourished in the process. That's perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad uh, you got a chance to tell that. So that's a, a, a great metaphor. And, and uh, we're going to go to our first break already, and then we'll, we'll come back and get more into that collaboration soup. So you just heard this, the story of collaboration soup. We're going to uh, talk with Delia Horowitz more about her book, Collaboration Soup, and then kind of getting into the six steps. So this is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. 
Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Profiles and Practice of Top Performers. We're talking to a top collaborator, uh, Delia Horowitz. She's going to impart some of the skills so you also can be a top collaborator. So, Delia, maybe you can tell us a little bit after hearing about the stone soup, you know, and how how we all can bring more to the soup and make it more delicious with our ideas. Just before we jump into the book, say a little bit about just kind of what you do today so our listeners know and kind of your role with organizations and stuff. Yes, I really do help groups do great things together. And a lot of groups, whether it's a board of directors of a nonprofit or a management team or a community group, there's a lot of things that need to get done and a lot of people want to get things done. And as you said in your opening rally, groups are challenging. And there aren't a lot of places where people learn group dynamics. So people can hire me to facilitate. They can hire me for me to actually facilitate the group. They can hire me to to coach them to facilitate their own group. They can come to a customized training that I'll do for their group. So it's kind of an aperitif to uh, appetizer to aperitif. Basically, it's custom tailored work to help people understand and implement very simple collaboration skills, so that they can maximize when their group gets together. That it's not only they get the job done, but they end up feeling great about it, and the emotional intelligence of the whole group becomes a really positive experience for everyone. Well, it's good to get a good idea um, of what you do, and I, and I mentioned in the intro, you know, how you and I met years ago, and, and you've been instrumental for, for me in some of the work that I do here locally with the uh, Leadership Santa Barbara group. But let me ask you, uh, would you agree about what I said earlier, that if you don't, if it's not well collaborated, that the IQ of the group goes down? The, the more people you have, kind of the dumber it gets. And I say it that way because it's kind of provocative for folks because nobody wants to wants to think that they're getting dumber. But, you know, what's your take on that if they don't have a good facilitator and they're not well oiled and with a good leader? Well, I would say two things about that. One is that you don't need a professional facilitator, that the skills that I have brought to my clients over the last 20 years are really not that complicated and not that difficult. Mm-hmm. And anyone in a group can change the direction of the group instantly simply by, instead of hiding, just like in the metaphor of the stone soup fable, they stopped hiding and they came out of their hiding places to contribute. And so the intelligence goes down when people disappear. When People go into an amygdala response and they go into fight or flight and they get defensive and they get protective and they withhold and they just try to say what's pleasant, then yes, I would agree with you, the emotional intelligence goes way down and it's a big waste of time. However, whoever is organizing the meeting, and this is where our six-step recipe comes in, is how you manage people before they come into the conversation makes the difference whether they come in like coming to a potluck, whether they come in having thought about what they want to bring and put it on the table, or they didn't know it was a potluck, and so they arrive and discover it's a potluck, and then they're embarrassed and they're apologetic, and maybe they leave or they don't eat and they're hungry. And So whoever is setting up the meeting can manage that a lot, can influence that a lot before people ever come into the conversation. And the most important thing I want to get across is anybody in the room can change the tone of a meeting or a conversation or a group. They don't have to be the leader. 
and we give a lot of lot of basic tools in our little hundred page book where each chapter is a, a page and a half. It's very very simple tools. Okay, good. We'll go over that. But you brought up a couple of really good things. You know, is that first doesn't take a lot. You don't have to be a professional uh, facilitator or consultant to do that. And that's where I think you come in and I come in and other folks where we're just learning the right tools. Typically, someone who um, does is is good at leading groups. They usually had a boss that was pretty good at that. And in in leadership development, you know, a lot of people just follow what their boss. If they had a good boss and they led. The, uh, meetings and things well, they just ascribe to the same practices. So tell me a little bit about what motivated you to write Collaboration Soup. And then at this point, I want to also give out your website because uh, collaborationsoup.com, is that's where they can get a hold of the book? Yes. In fact, on the home page in the lower left corner, there's a discount code. They can order it. And also under the resources tab, they can download a free copy of the recipe and actually an event planning guide that walks them through through some questions to help them plan for a more collaborative and more enjoyable meeting. Oh, great, great. Well, so Collaboration Soup, so how did that come about? You know, it's interesting. As I looked forward in my career several years ago, I recognized that I didn't want to keep getting on airplanes and flying all over to facilitate and that it was I was coming to a time in my life where I really wanted to start passing along the knowledge that I had gained and the the talents and the understanding that I had and then that was one aspect and then Paula and I were at a couple of community meetings where we left very frustrated and even though there were good people with good intentions when we left we went Oh, that was such a wasted opportunity. People wanted to participate. They wanted to take action on this social issue. And the leaders didn't know what they were doing. And so Paula said to me, you know, people, when they come into a community meeting where they're trying to work together to get something done, they just need like a five-minute PowerPoint to give them some pointers. And so we started chatting about that. And we said, well, if it was a five-minute PowerPoint, what would the five points be? Well, two years later, it was a 100-page book that had a six-step recipe. (laughs) It was born out of our observation that there was a hunger that was wanting to happen, that groups were starting to come together, town hall meetings were starting to happen. And it seemed like the problems were getting so complex that it was needing group wisdom to address issues, and people didn't know, and some basics that we knew, and we thought, let's start Let's make it simple and let's make it available to, you know, ordinary people. And that's why we wrote the book in eighth grade language. Wow. Well, that's, you know, we'll go through it now, but it's, that's so helpful because I think it's very challenging for people to be the leader if they are the leader and the facilitator. Often that's what happens. The person's kind of leading the meeting and they get so task-oriented that then they're following the agenda and that we always are sliding over the time frame for the agenda. Then they get a little frustrated and um, and they may not be aware that they haven't, they're haven't. they doing all the talking or they haven't heard from others and they're not getting other contributions to the soup. And you're right. If they haven't had good models then they don't know how to do it. And there aren't many places where these kinds of basic skills of group process are taught. They're not, they're not complex. They're not difficult. It can be taught in a very short period of time. You can read the book in an hour and get some real big insights about just some simple changes that you can make in your meetings. And I'll, if we have time, I'll give a couple of techniques that are, are almost magic. Okay, good. Yeah, definitely. We'll, I think we'll, we'll follow up on some of that, that magic. So tell me, uh, do you want to... Uh, 
where do we want to jump in? Because you have six a step recipe for co-creative meetings and other conversations. So you want to uh, yeah, let me, jump, let in me jump in and say something about co-creative meetings and other conversations. Okay. This isn't just for business groups. Some people that we've really helped, for example, are siblings that are trying to have a conversation about what to do with their aging parents, hmm. for example. Right. Families that are talking with their kids about how they're going to get the chores done in the house. Uh, nonprofits that are being forced to work with other organizations that used to be their competitors because the funding now from foundations is going to collaborative efforts. So there's a lot of different arenas in which this concept of collaboration can work. And the reason we call it co-creative is the word collaboration is greatly misunderstood, Riley. I'm sure you would agree with that. Uh-huh. When most people say, let's collaborate, what they're really saying is, would you help me make my thing happen? Mm-hmm. And what we're talking about with co-creative is actually co-creating something different that is uniquely belongs to these two or more people. So it is burst out of the conversation. We like to say the solutions are in the conversations. Mm. So the essence of this is how do you have a conversation where it's not my way or your way or me convincing you or me compromising or giving in, but how do we have a conversation where we're building something together, where you put a little of this in and I put a little of this in, and that's how we wrote the book. The book is a total collaborative effort. Uh-huh. And in the co-creative process, there's a beginning and a middle and an end. So I mentioned earlier, what do you do before you get into the meeting? One of the things I do with clients always, it's funny, they'll, um, they'll say something like, well, I've already sent out a notice that we're having a meeting, so you don't need to do that. And I go, well, let me see the notice. And the notice says, we're having a meeting next Wednesday at 12 o'clock. <laughs> right. Now, if you get a phone call from somebody or you get an email that says, we need to talk, where does your mind go? Yeah, you end up thinking, uh-oh, now what? Now what? What's it going to be about? Am I going to be prepared? Do I need to do anything beforehand? Who's going to be there? Is there going to be food? You know, who's going to be running it? And so that uncertainty does not trigger emotional intelligence. That uncertainty and that lack of information triggers fear and insecurity and anxiety. And exactly. the blood leaves the collaborative part of our higher developed brain and our higher brain centers, and it goes to our lower brain centers to protect ourselves and create territory. So the six-step recipe is make sure people are ready to go is the R, engage your stakeholders is the E, have conversations that cook, integrate the ideas is the I, the P is plan the actions, and E is end with clarity. So you've got, a be, you've got a before, a during, and an after. So make sure people are ready to go. Tell them why, what the agenda is, what the decisions are. Send them information in advance. Tell them who's going to be there and why and who's leading and how long and the food. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, sure. Well, and, and then so, they can go, oh, and then, if possible, send them the questions that are going to be discussed. So I'm just, preparing for a retreat right now, and I've sent people questions of what we're going to discuss is um, – well, I won't go into the detail about that. Yeah. That's the beforehand. So, so do Does that I make just, sense? Yeah, yeah. I just noticed that your recipe, you know, the the word uh, recipe, the six, it spells out the six steps. So, ready to go, engage your group, cook the conversation, integrate the ideas, plan the action, end with clarity. So, we're going to go to our next 
break, and then we'll come back and we'll kind of zero in on some of those stages and also maybe some of the challenges and things that you've had with the recipe. This is Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're getting the recipe for Collaboration Soup with Delia Horowitz, her co-author, Paula Vinop, uh, collaborationsoup.com. And Dil, you just went through the recipe as far as ready to go, some of the things pre. Let's walk through so our listeners can get a feel for that 
Um, the next you have is engage your group, cook the conversation. So maybe, you know, kind of walk us through some of those steps. Yes, part of getting ready to go is getting you ready to go. And so you want to engage your stakeholders in advance. You want to say, here's what I'm thinking that we need to talk about. What do you think we need to talk about? And get the input from them beforehand and then create an agenda that is a compilation of everybody's input. Then they know what the conversation is going to be. They have some ownership because they've had input into it. So chances are the conversation is going to be pretty on target, not just what you think needs to happen. And when you have conversations that cook, you need good questions and you need good processes. And in the book, we have chapters on how to create good questions and a number of different processes. And I'm going to describe one of the processes that we call a listening circle which is an absolutely magic tool, and it's a way to get everybody's best wisdom in the short period of time. So I've done this with groups in less than 10 minutes. They have made major decisions that they've been arguing about for close to 20 years. Wow. That's that's happened in more than one group. Yeah. So the description is you confirm that you're asking the right question by everybody agreeing that that's a good question. You give everybody one full minute of silence. One full minute of silence is essential. That way everybody is thinking about everything they could possibly say to answer that question. And their assignment is to come up with their nugget that they're going to contribute in 20 seconds or less. Mm. So a minute of silence, and then one person starts, and nobody talks twice until everybody has spoken once. And everybody has 20 seconds to go around the circle and answer the question in 20 seconds or less with kind of their best contribution. And everybody else's assignment is to listen for what they agree with or what resonates or what seems like it's right. That's beautiful. It's a beautiful process. So if you have 25 people, but it works best with 10 or less, within five minutes, you haven't gotten lost in all the stories, but you've gotten everybody's kernel of wisdom. And then the integrate is after everybody has spoken, then the question is, what does it sound like we are saying? Because there's a collective voice that is oftentimes wiser than any one of us as an individual. And that really is the evolutionary leap that's happening in our culture right now and in our humanity right now where individuals can no longer come up with the best answer. Mm -hmm. It's a new model of leadership where the wisdom and the answers are actually coming through groups, not individuals. So what I like about that is a couple different levels, just to kind of echo what you're saying, is is really preparing and and, and what I would say is kind of helping people be brain-friendly. You know, kind of getting their yes. brain, getting their brain to be uh, ready, enticed to what to think about. Because a lot of being a good leader, and I talk about that, is really um, focusing on what you want people to attend to and focus on. So it's really around attention and focus. So just as up absolutely, work, yes. And then yes. even having that moment of silence, where you can people have people who are a little bit more introverted, can let can come up with. Um, and then even you've given them a target. A lot of times I talk about this as a target. How to think about what they're hearing? You know, what do I agree with? Because I think the default is I don't agree with that. So you're all Correct. you're really programming it to be brain friendly. I love it. Correct. It's a magic tool, and it's described on page 77 of the book. It's just a page-and-a-half description. It's easy to use, 
and it works really, gr- really great. And then the integrate by looking at what the common themes are, and oftentimes it just pops out. It just becomes obvious what the mm-hmm. answer is that nobody saw before, but everybody had a had a view of. Okay, good. Well, it's just being able to hear that in a different way, and then and asking those program questions. So that's really good. So we got a. Uh, Engaging your group, you know, what about cooking the conversation? Some of what you said was cooking the conversation by really selecting Yeah, the having the right process, like the listening circle I just described, and making sure that you've got a re- the right, that you're asking the right question, and then going around and having everybody answer, and making sure you integrate the ideas. Okay. So it's a collective wisdom, a collective right. intelligence of the group. Now, the other sort of magic, um, magic bullet, if you will, is you're right. Most of the time the meeting uh, goes over time or you run out of time and you're in a juicy conversation and, and just at the end, you know, the really important stuff is coming out and somebody looks at their watch and says, oh, my gosh, we got to go. Okay, bye. So it is absolutely essential that you plan the action and end with clarity. In an hour meeting, you must start the closing no later than 15 minutes before the mm. hour. It's so, better to be 20 minutes before the so, hour. So say what happens in the closing, because that's, that's a great tip, because I'm sure everybody, if they get two minutes of closure, you know, that's a lot. And so now you're saying 15 minutes of closure. That's great. So Absolutely, wh- because people need to process what just happened and integrate it. It's imagine if we use the food metaphor, it's like sitting at a table and eating, but you don't ever digest mm. and then use what you just ate to fuel your next actions. And at the end of meetings is when people start thinking, wait a minute, did I commit to something or what about this or we didn't talk about this? And and then they're having those conversations via email or in their head and they're never processing those really big things that t- sometimes pop out at the end of meetings. So you have to have time to process it. You have to. It's essential. And that's the P and the E. So that's the beginning, before, during, and after the conversation. And it's a magic formula, and it works phenomenally. It's not complicated. Mm-hmm. The book gives very, very specific directions and is filled with ahas and tips and tools and over 20 years of our best practices. Well, it's an essential been- manual for leadership for the, for the next millennium. Yeah, I, I would agree. And you have some really great charts uh, in here, you know, you have uh, recovering from a fight or flight takeover where we, you know, we've already in this show introduced that term, the, you know, the amygdala hijack, you know, how people uh, get hijacked, they lose some of their IQ points. So this is really helpful. I'm just thinking about, especially what you just said about the 15 minutes. Often, you know, some of the groups that I've been in, um, executive groups, all the assignments and the kind of the integration process happens really at the very end of the meeting, people are totally played out. The meeting's already gone over an hour, and it's when now they're making the most important decisions of who's going to do what and exactly what they're going to do that people, their eyes are glazed over. And they leave, they leave, and sometimes you have to leave early, and they don't even realize they've got to sign something. So that idea of really planning for the closure is so, so important. One of the things- and it's not just the actions. The closure also, I always have closing statements which is what did we accomplish today or what, what was valuable to you today right. or what made the process work today or how, how are you feeling about what right. happened today. They need to bring it to closure. Otherwise, they leave stressed and anxious. You know, and one of the things, and I'm sure you do the same thing, uh, you know, in many different ways that I would do, 
typically, you know, let's let's evaluate the meeting, which is a closure. And if you don't have time, they quickly go around and they just give it a number, you know, one to ten. And so everybody, again, you want to get everybody's involvement, and everybody says, you know, seven, eight, five, and you just hear from the highest and you hear from the lowest, and then from the from the lowest. You would just hear what's one thing because you don't want to turn this into a complaint. What's one thing for you that could be better next time? You know, and that's a kind of a quick, quick way. Well, it is the challenge with that though is it puts people into their judgmental left side of the brain, which is divisive. What what I want to do when I have these meetings is I want people to leave feeling good and having endorphins and wanting to come back together as a group because it was a fun experience. People are longing to connect, really. Yeah. They want to connect. They want to find their similarity. They want to create together. We all have an urge to create, and creating together is a real high experience. Anybody who's done a potluck or a birthday party, I moved yesterday, and I had 15 friends show up, and I invited them to a pack-and-snack party. And I'm telling you, it was the funnest, easiest uh-huh. move I've ever had. I had all the jobs lined up, and I said, here, pick whatever job you want. Here's all the things that need to get done. The truck didn't show up, and somebody at the last minute said, well, I have a truck. And I mean, it was just a gloriously fun experience of community and that's what we're longing for and that's what this book helps people create is not just better results and better personal success but community well and i think exactly that especially when you talk about all the uh neurotransmitters there's an article today in the paper just about the oxytocin that gets released when people dance together and so we're learning more and more about that and like you said Goldman talks about this. We're wired to connect, so we want to help. We want to support. We want to be able to, we do. to connect. We do, and, and, uh, and leaders need to make that possible by creating the conditions and setting the stage for people to contribute their best and leave feeling like they're really valued and contributed, and that's when people can bloom and blossom. Yeah. Now, is there a, a uh, more of a collaboration-prone personality? I mean, sometimes I get asked, are some people just born more with emotional intelligence, which may be some of the collaboration? What would, how would you respond to that? Um, yes, I, I think that's true. And I think we all have the capacity yes. to be curious. And if there were one trait that I think people needed to cultivate, it would be curiosity. Uh-huh. Rather than thinking I know the answers, let me be curious about what you think or how else we could do it. That's so true. I think in, in coaching, you know, I do that. And then when I train people to be coaches, it really is just asking, you know, great questions, but generally being curious how they came up with yes. that. Yes, it's delightful. And you know what? We know what we know. We don't know what other people know. Uh-huh. And so when we're curious, we actually expand our knowledge base. So we're, gonna, we're moving into our last piece here, and then you and I will kind of zero in on what are some of the questions that we want to ask. But just to uh, elaborate again, your collaborationsoup.com, you have the acronym for the recipe, which goes through there's a pre, there's a during, and thereafter. And so there's a lot of great stuff, so hopefully some of our listeners will, will go to your website and, and get some of those tips. You're listening to Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a delightful conversation with Delia Horwitz in about her uh, book about uh, Collaboration Soup, and it's collaborationsoup.com. And so, Delia, say a little bit more uh, during a break we are talking about that it's just this collaboration is kind of sense of the way of the world now, and maybe kind of give me your take on that and how and why you see that. Yes, really. I do think that collaboration is a skill, and being able to work with other people to accomplish things is not just a luxury anymore. It's essential. In fact, an IBM study of 1,600 CEOs recently said that collaboration is one of the top traits that leaders need to be adept at, and that's what they look for. And I think it's happening in every segment of our society. There was a uh, cover story in Time magazine uh, in April, I think, about team science. 
And what's happening in science is people, the old way of doing research to find the cure to cancer or something was different researchers at different colleges and universities competing with each other. And now they're actually cooperating and teams are being formed. Multidisciplinary teams of science are being brought together to work on some of our biggest science and research issues. Economically, the sharing economy, collaborative consumption is the term for it. There are more and more companies, I think it's like a $500 billion business or something in terms of car sharing, house sharing, ride sharing. Mm. The uh, Internet has allowed us to be able to have access to resources. We don't have to go to Target to buy something. We can go on Craigslist and borrow it from our neighbor. So there's a huge shift in how we're buying and using goods and services and going to a sharing economy. Uh, even in schools, of course, cooperative learning. Um, in third world countries, there are multiple agencies who aren't just going in to build a new water tower. They're actually looking at the whole ecology of the system and what needs to happen in terms of production of goods and planting of crops and, you know, Heifer International that, you can donate animals to a family, and their agreement is that they give one of the baby animals to another family in the village, and everyone does that until a few years later. You've got a self-sustaining village with goats and fertilizer and milk for the children and selling cheese that they can pay for education. So you have these kind of multidisciplinary opportunities now that are bypassing the way a lot of us were raised in terms of rugged individualism and do-it-yourself. We just can't do hardly anything ourselves anymore. And I just want to say one other area that you think is like the last bastion where you'd never see cooperation is our two-party political system. Mm-hmm. And even in Washington, we um, did a crowdsourcing project where over 70 people donated to pay our travel expenses and for a hundred of our books. And we personally went to Washington, D.C. and delivered our books to all 100 senators' offices. Wow. Because we said, we know that this is ridiculous, this bipartisan you know, gridlock that we've got, and we want to give you a tool that you can use. And we discovered an organization called nolabels.org, which over 80 now senators and representatives belong to, and they call themselves the problem solvers, and they're now actually meeting regularly to build relationships of trust and to introduce bipartisan legislation. So even in Washington, in what we think is the most dysfunctional, most broken system, it turns out they're as hungry for collaboration as we are for them to bridge the gap, and there's actually a revolution happening inside Congress. We titled our talk when we came back, There's Hope for Congress. Mm. There's actually a a sea change going on in the way uh, our Congress is operating because it was so broken that it had it had to change. And that's what's happening in every segment of our lives, I think, is the old systems and our old paradigms are breaking down, and the new one is about doing it together. Well, it's really encouraging to hear, you know, about Washington, and then that's nolabels.com.org. Uh, it's basically they're working together and letting go of their party affiliation. Then, just well, they're actually, it's a neutral organization that is are bringing the – Congress and representatives mm-hmm. from both parties together in neutral ground, and they're actually using a lot of the principles that we have in our book. That's they're so using cool. those techniques, and they're working. Yeah, yeah. One of the things, we just uh, took a trip a couple of uh, weeks ago to uh, San Francisco, or no, actually to New York, 
And uh, in New York, they just implemented this where there's these shared bicycles all over the city. I think they did it about a month ago. You know, and you pay with a credit card, and you can get your bike for 30 minutes and, you know, basically non-pollutant and really get across wherever you need to really quickly. So it's pretty phenomenal to see these bikes all over the place. Well, this is the trend, and this is why uh, people need to not only learn the skills of collaboration because it's functional and economic, but it's also fun because when you borrow a bicycle from somebody, you meet somebody else. Yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, Well, I'm really excited uh, to hear about that. And let's talk about a couple of the other questions we have. So so why do you think uh, one of the most important things that we could do is to make or break positive resolutions to conflict? Because I know I usually say this, and in in groups, probably 25% of the people really like conflict. And, and because they don't experience this conflict, they're really getting down to the answer, you know, and they're just, they're, it's almost like an intellectual debate. For 75% of us, this conflict feels uncomfortable, and, you know, we shy away. So what are mm-hmm. some, you know, what's your take on that, and what are some ways, if, if you are people who are kind of aversive or shy away from conflict, how do you lean into it? So leaning into it is a great term, rather than avoiding conflict and trying to overrule or override or convince somebody of what I think. For example, when I'm facilitating and somebody has a contrary answer in the room, I'll very often will stop and use it as a teaching moment and say to the rest of the room, all right, let's really listen closely because this person's is the most important voice in the room right now because they're seeing something that no one else has seen. And so rather than avoiding conflict, which I used to do, what now I try to do is be curious about conflict and say, oh, good, we have a difference of opinion, fantastic. Tell me more about how you see it. I'll tell you how I see it, and then we'll see what comes out of it. It's like Stephen Covey's last book was called The Third Alternative, and that's what we can do with conflict is rather than arguing and one person winning and losing is discovering the truth or the third alternative in how we see things differently. And, the, and people like that. It's a, it's a real shift. Well, and especially if you're the facilitator and you're modeling, I can hold this conflict. I heard the term once that every conflict is an invitation to intimacy. And I think the, the issue, though, is the skills, and that's what your book helps and what you do and what I do, is teaching people some of those skills because that's why I think – they want to end it. It's just uncomfortable, and let's stop this, and so I'm going to over-talk you versus, oh, this is you have something different. Let's explore this. Yes, exactly. That's the co-creative process. So are there any situations where you say that this wouldn't work, that someone, you know, some of your tools yes. you say, go ahead. Yes. Yes, we give an example in the book, actually. It doesn't work when people care more about holding on to their position than they care about resolving the issue or solving the problem. Mm. People have to care as much about solving the problem as they do about holding on to their position. So do you ask that question? Because that's a beautiful question. I mean, that kind of, you know, it it brings up the unconscious to be more conscious. You know, what's more more important to you now? How committed are you to solving this? Are you willing to let go of your positions and what you think the answer is in order to find the best answer for the group? You know, when you make the covert over, I like to say that, that, you know, someone says, no, I'm more committed to my opinion. I mean, not many people are going to move that forward. So that's great. 
and as facilitator if you make that okay and say, okay, great, now we know where you are, and so you're going to hold your position. Okay, we can, we can include that. We can manage that. Yeah. It's That's about true. being receptive so that distribution is beneficial for the whole. Yeah, this is huge. It is huge. It's a huge evolutionary shift in the way we're going to be living our lives in every single part of our lives, and that's why I'm so happy that so many people are finding value in the skills and the tools and the simplicity of the concepts and the exercises that we have in our book. Well, Delia, um, this has been delightful. You know, you and I know each other outside of this, but I'm really glad that you know, have you have an opportunity to to voice and share your ideas, uh, which can really help our listener on. And so, uh, just to repeat again, they can get in touch with you and your and your work at Collab.com, and you can get in touch with me, Dr. Rowan Adler, and uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, or our shared website, ExcelInstitute.com. And if you're interested in some of the uh, programs around uh, emotional intelligence that are coming up, go to www.truenorthleadership.com and, and sign up for our newsletter. So this is Leadership Development News uh, signing out. Thank you for uh, tuning in to tune up your performance. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.